This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. We've heard the advice for years that clearing brush and creating fire breaks will protect homes from wildfires. But a new look at recent California wildfires shows that fuel breaks are doing very little to protect homes because the fires are wind-driven and you can't block the wind. That's led to one fire expert's advice to place more importance on fireproofing your home. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. Research scientist Alexandra Sifford says the state's effort to clear dry brush may be giving people a false sense of security. She says that millions of dollars in state funding would be better spent fireproofing homes than creating expensive fire breaks. Governor Gavin Newsom approved $32 million in funding for a fire prevention strategy that's based on vegetation management. As reported by the LA Times, it was part of an emergency proclamation to thin trees, clear shrubs, and protect the lives and property of Californians. It might seem logical to get rid of the debris that might feed a wildfire, but when Siffer did an assessment on the effectiveness of fuel breaks, she found that, quote, Time and time again, fuel is one of the least important factors when it comes to protecting the home, unquote. According to the Times, the 10 most destructive wildfires on record in California have all been driven by the wind. Those 10 fires destroyed almost 40,000 homes and killed 170 people. Seven of those fires have happened in just the last five years. Those winds howl across all parts of California. In the south, they're known as the Santa Ana winds. In the Santa Barbara area, they're called the sundowners. And in the San Francisco Bay area, they're often referred to as Diablos. Those winds created a fire monster in Paradise, California last year. The wind-whipped campfire is the deadliest California wildfire on record. It killed 86 people and destroyed almost 19,000 homes. Firefighters say gale force winds blew glowing embers throughout the region with complete disregard for any fire breaks that were supposed to protect the area. Former Paradise Fire Chief Jim Brochiers told the Times, It jumped over anything that we had done by a long range. By the time the main fire hit Paradise, we had fire all over the place from spot fires. The town also lacked a good evacuation plan, so many people became trapped by the fast-moving flames. The Tubbs Fire in Santa Rosa had blown down from the mountains and moved right into the Coffee Park subdivision. It wasn't considered a high-fire risk area, but the wind knows no boundaries and blew right through a developed area, leveling blocks upon blocks of homes. That kind of devastation has repeated itself with every one of these wind-driven wildfires. Fire breaks haven't stopped them, although firefighters say they can help contain a wildfire if there are no high winds. Sifford's research shows that fire breaks are useful if firefighters are using them. She says that's the only reason a fire is stopped at a fire break. In wind-driven fires, it's often too dangerous for firefighters to station themselves on a fire break. Cal Fire Director Tom Porter says fire breaks can also slow down a fire as people are evacuated, and they can be used by firefighters to create a defensible fire line but Sifford says they have not done much to prevent the massive amounts of damage California has been experiencing. She says the state's priorities are misplaced when it comes to protecting people and property. Right now, the focus is on vegetation management, but she says the money would be better spent on helping homeowners with fire-resistant retrofits. Cal Fire Director Tom Porter told the Times, quote, 
In California, every acre that can burn will burn someday, and we all need to recognize that, unquote. One Paradise Fire victim says that during the campfire, it wasn't the flames that burned homes, but the embers that the wind blew on rooftops. Some were even sucked into air vents and ignited homes one inside the attic. Those fires could have been prevented with retrofits. Reducing vegetation around your home will help lower your fire risk, but if you're a California homeowner, you may want to focus less on vegetation management and more on what you can do to make your home fire resistant. Since I live smack dab in the middle of a fire zone in Southern California where the Santa Ana winds come barreling through at 80 miles an hour, Rich and I have opted for metal roofs, stucco, and no trees around our structures, sadly. We even found metal siding that looks like wood from a company called Longboard. And most importantly, we do not store flammables anywhere near our home. Our next door neighbor who lost his home in the Malibu fire last year had stored flammable products like paint underneath his home in the basement and also underneath his deck. So when the flames traveled up the brush to his home, the paint cans ignited and the home burned down from the inside. The surrounding trees were untouched. It's also important to make sure that you have no openings into the house where embers can come in and again, burn it down from the inside. There's plenty of information on the internet, and you can get a PDF download from disastersafety.org. It's the California edition of Protect Your Property from Wildfire by the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. We'll also have a link for that and the LA Times article in the blog for this podcast at newsforinvestors.com. And if you do own rental property in California, this would be a really good time to consider selling that property and exchanging it tax-deferred for properties in other parts of the country where natural disasters are covered by normal hazard insurance. You can sell in California while demand and prices are high and exchange for multiple properties in places like Texas, Georgia, Florida, or Ohio, where property taxes are lower, insurance costs are lower, and where the laws are way more landlord-friendly. This will not only increase your cash flow, it will also offer more diversification. Because if you exchange one property for, say, five or even 10, you'll have a much better chance of receiving cash flow, even if one or two of those properties are vacant or damaged somehow, because you'll have the others bringing in cash flow. Real Wealth Network is hosting an income property showcase this weekend, Saturday, November 9th in San Mateo, and Sunday, November 10th near LAX. Property teams from Jacksonville, Florida, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Atlanta, Georgia will be joining us. Plus, my partner in our Reno development will be giving our presentation on strategies for 2020. You can get the details for that event at newsforinvestors.com. Just click on the Learn tab and you'll see the dropdown for our upcoming events. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. I hope to see you this weekend. Bye-bye.